So it's important that we, we support the right people just because, you know, one guy is on YouTube and being a smart ass to everyone and posts on some negative stuff. So he's popular. He gets all the views. Does not mean that's who you need to, you know, hang on to to get your popularity up. Uh, it's okay to find the guys that actually do things the right way and, and support them. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. And we're live. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to From the Ground Up podcast few things to get out of the way in the beginning um, check out portcitypythons.com for t-shirts that help us uh, put on the podcast and help support the podcast as well as um, amazon links that are down in the description of both the youtube videos as well as the podcast all you do is shop on amazon regularly it gives us a little kickback you know the deal it'd be awesome if you do it and it doesn't cost you anything and we would super super appreciate it also we oh. Sorry, yeah, you, you said t-shirts and I realized I'm wearing one. Oh, you didn't even oh know sorry. <laughs> we have the reptiles t-shirt available in our store. And if you're listening on the podcast, that did nothing for you. And I'm sorry. And you're going to have to go to the website to check it out. And buy one. <laughs> that, would, that would be awesome. And also, what else? Babies. Lots of babies. So we have lots of babies coming out right now. We only have one clutch up on the site so far because, quite frankly, that's the only clutch that took enough meals so far. We're still early in on the game, but check out our Instagram as well as our website ultimately for Instagram. You can tell what's coming up because I post pictures of everything coming out of eggs, and Melissa hates me because I post too many pictures of the stuff coming out of eggs. As well as the animals in my hand and all the stuff that you hate, apparently. It's not yeah. <laughs> the pictures I hate. The, it's not worth people listening. You know why I don't like it. But continue. Okay. Well, we will be having more and more babies available as time goes on. And don't hesitate to PM me, especially if you're looking for a specific animal from a specific clutch because... The first two clutches are like half accounted for already and you want to make sure that you get what you want. And that's pretty much it. Do you have anything to add in our little intro? No. That is it. <laughs> Today we have Brandon Fowler of Roaming Reptiles. So Brandon is a full-time reptile educator. He does shows all over California and I'm pumped to have him on. He actually... I listened back to a bunch of podcasts from way, way long ago um, from Reptiles Radio as well as um, Herpentine Radio. And we're talking like 2013 or so. So, and Brandon had said that, okay, which sorry. is kind of weird when that said I said way, way, way back. I oh, thought you were going to say way back, like, yeah. uh, 2000, like, <laughs> well, like the birth of years the podcast. <laughs> True. I <laughs> guess podcasts podcast. have like only really been a thing for maybe the past 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, and you had mentioned that you had started your business basically off of just someone Facebook messaging you. So Brandon, first of all, thank you for being on the show. And second of all, can you kind of explain the story behind that? Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so 
we it, it, roaming reptiles belonged to a guy named Andrew Barton, uh, who lived here in Bakersfield, and he did shows, and uh, we hired him for my daughter's classroom. That was one of his first shows that he ever did. Uh, we hired him. He came to my daughter's classroom, did a show. It was, it was pretty cool, and uh, that was it. You know, he left. We we took the, uh, our daughter home, and it was all good. And uh, something like uh, four or five years later, I got an email from him. Uh, he didn't realize that we hired him for our for our daughter's school uh, a few years earlier. Uh, I think he just saw like my profile picture, and I was holding a snake or something. And wanted to know if I'd be interested in taking over the business and buying it because he had to move out of town and couldn't take it with him. Um, so that was a big uh, chance to take uh, because I, before this, I never have spoken in front of people. Uh, it terrified me to talk in front of people. Uh, it, I, I tell people all the time I, I failed classes because I wouldn't get in front of the class and like give a, a, a research paper or something like that. Uh, it scared me so much. And uh, so I decided to take a chance and do it. And one thing led to another and kind of took off, man. And, and we've been going nonstop now for about 10 years. That's crazy. I, I couldn't believe you even said yes. If that's like, it, or let your mind even think about it. <laughs> if this is you know, so you know, it, 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 it's crazy. I'm surprised I said yes, too. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we went to his house and I was looking at some of the animals and we were talking and we kind of, you know, decided on a price and what we could do. And uh, it happened. And I remember doing my first show. I was so scared. Uh, it was a birthday party and I was absolutely terrified. Uh, I had my wife, she was helping me. And I, I actually think that kind of made me more nervous because she was there watching. Helping. You know, so I was like, man, I don't want to look stupid in front of my wife, you know, and or something like that. And, uh, but it's one of those deals, man. I remember after that show, she was just like encouraging. She was, you know, and even to this day, she encourages me and pushes me to do better. And and she wants to see uh, Roman Rotals grow and wants to see me get out there and do more education. Uh, so I, I tell her, she's the backbone of this, of this not only this family, uh, but this company. Uh, she does all the behind the scenes stuff. And I get to play with animals and talk to people, so. Absolutely. And I think that's super important. I think you see that throughout the reptile community. And I mean, I guess any business owner needs kind of the support of their spouse or whatever, because it gets so entrenched in your life. So how did you get past like the initial? um, Did you get any tips or anything on shows to do? Or did you get um, did Andrew kind of have a show laid out that you emulated? How did you kind of come up with a show and develop it? Yeah. So I, I was really lucky because he told me, uh, he goes, you're going to do, you know, 15, 20 shows with me before you take it over. Oh, well, that's and great. You're just going to be, you're just going to be my assistant and you're just going to, you know, hand me animals. You're going to see how the flow of it goes. Uh, and so that's what I did. I mean, I was, I was basically his lackey. I would carry your reptile, the, the boxes and set everything up and, and get everything ready for him. And, uh, learn you know on interaction on how to do things uh and then once i took over for myself i started tweaking things and you know i I would talk to people and say okay well what do you do here and i would kind of switch my thing around and it's gotten to the point now where it's like it's like i've completely kind of redeveloped on how education has ran on how you do things 
uh, and it's really kind of been fun, man. That's awesome. So did you, what did you do before yeah. roaming reptiles? And then did you just cut it off immediately and say, I'm going full out? Yeah, <clears throat> it was this or nothing, you know? Wow. That's um, scary. I, yeah, it, it's one of those deals where, you know, it is scary because you have a wife, you have a family, but it's something that I knew, um, would take off. I had a feeling that this is what I was meant to do. If some people believe in that, uh, you have that, that path that's just there, you know, and you got to push through it and make it happen. And, uh, I believe this is what I'm meant to do. Uh, so yeah, I've worked in the oil fields. Uh, I worked in warehouses, forklift, stocking, uh, inventory, stuff like that. So a lot of manual labor type stuff. Um, so it was nice to get out of the oil fields and, you know, play with reptiles for a while. Absolutely. So what do you do when you go from, you just have this business and I guess people have a misconception a lot that you have a business and then people start calling you for your business or something, but you're there, you have a business. What do you do to get this started? Like, how do you market yourself? How do you get your first jobs? So when, when I took over, Andrew already had, you know, school, some schools. Um, he had like the, uh, libraries and a we go to rank and ranch. Uh, up here in Caliente, it's about an hour away, uh, where people from all over the world come and spend their vacation at this ranch. And we go up there once a week during the summer and do shows for these people. And it's from, I mean, we have people from Germany and Australia, I mean, just everywhere uh, come in and, and do these vacations. So we got those back. Um, Andrew went there every other year. Uh, they've now had us there for six years in a row, which is a pretty big accomplishment. Um, but once we got into one of the schools, it word of mouth, principals talk to each other, teachers talk to each other. Uh, so now we do pretty much all the schools in, uh, in Bakersfield, uh, libraries are the same way. I think we have like 40 some odd libraries that we do every year. Um, we go to, we leave to go to the coast tomorrow, do the libraries at the coast. And so we'll be driving to the coast and back every day, uh, which is about a two and a half hour drive, uh, there, um, but I got to get back to put the animals up and get them rest for the next day to travel again. So uh, word of mouth has been phenomenal in growing the business. So how long did it take you to, I mean, was there a point where you struggled as far as financially, as far as struggling with getting <laughs> oh, business and oh, all that, geez. like, <laughs> like how do you go from just a few schools and doing all this traveling and all that and how much, would you charge uh, for a show if you don't mind? So the first three years, four years was hard. Uh, it was, it was one of those deals where it's like, man, I'm not sure if we can do this, you know? Uh, but every year it started to grow more and more and more. And, and we, we just tucked it out, man. We, we, we did what we had to do to, to get by. Um, it's still not easy. It's not like I'm, you know, making just money hand, hand over fist. You know, I mean, I'm, we still got to, you know, my wife is, as she does all the, the accounting. So she knows what we need, what we have to have uh, to cover, especially for our slow months during the winter, you know, when we're not doing as many shows, um, feeding the animals, paying for the animals, to, you know, and all that. There's a lot, so much goes into it. Um, so our birthday parties here in town, 
uh, we charge 175 which is cheap compared to what some charge. I know some charge like 300 400 500 dollars. I won't some do clowns that. charge 175 <laughs> Like yeah. that is very cheap for California well, and, too. And, and the thing is, here's the deal. Uh, we charge 175 We bring about 20 animals and which I, 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 I always wanted to bring more than anybody else. Right. I, I want to, I want to have that variety. Um, but I charge 175 because I don't think it should be just for people who have money. Right. I want, I want the people that, that, you know, may not have three or $400 to spend to be able to afford my show. I want that low income school that can't afford, uh, you know, some of these, some of these people to be able to afford me and have these kids have some fun and learn about reptiles. So I keep my prices down. Absolutely. And you kind of hit on a little bit that you try to keep diversity. So what is kind of your recipe for finding the right blend of animals to keep them engaged and then also have all the cool facts and them interested? With my show, my show is very interactive. <clears throat> so it's not, um, I'm not going to go like scientific on these kids. I'm not going to, you know, go, in depth on 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 a lot of stuff because they're going to forget most of that stuff and and i don't want to bore them i want them to get excited when they see an animal i want them to to get a big smile on their face and want to interact with it so my show is about them interacting i want them to come up and hold it and pet it uh you know have that touchy with them right because that's where kids get excited kids want to save things when they can touch it um and so that's what really my show is about and so we have you know, we have king snakes and milk snakes and uh, uh, blue tongue skinks, uh, boas, tegus, you know. Uh, then we get down to like vinegaroons and hissing roaches and, you know, stuff like that to kind of make it fun. Uh, then we have our tarantulas and we have moms come up and hold. Uh, and so it's, it's fun to get the parents involved because that really helps the kids get involved. So. Now, were you into tarantulas and hissing things and all that before this? Dear God, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, I did not like tarantulas at all. I still hate them. Now, now I have a few of them, and I absolutely love them. Um, scorpions, same thing. Um, I have them all, and I get to fight them all. So it's you know it's, it's one of those deals where it's I can't expect other people to overcome their fears if I'm not willing to overcome mine. And uh, so I, I overcame my fears and, and uh, so now we work on everybody else. Huh. So you're saying you'd hold a rattlesnake like that? <laughs> well, no, that's you know, different. That's dangerous. <laughs> I, I, I won't, I won't free handle anything. I, I'm not, uh, I guess I'll keep a PG. I'm not that uh, kind of, Oh, we're not PG. You know, we're not PG. <laughs> I, people kind of know my feelings on uh, on, on people who freehandle and, and do stupid stuff for attention. I think they're, you know, they deserve what they get. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I'd like to hit on. Listen back to those like 2013 shows. There was seemed to be like legislation after legislation that were trying to take our snakes away and stuff like that. So obviously that's died down a little bit luckily since that just in the last few years but what do you do to make sure that you know we have a healthy hobby going forward or what do you think would help us kind of go forward as a hobby and always put it in a good light oh lord 
how much time you got? <laughs> about uh, an, yeah. an hour and 45 minutes. So, you know, uh, I, I went live on Facebook a couple of days ago talking about being positive. Um, over the last 20 or so years, it seems like this hobby is, has really just kind of turned into a, a doggy dog type atmosphere. You know, uh, you you mislabel something or someone doesn't like the way you keep something. There is no here. Let me help you out. It's it goes straight to a, an attack. Um, we have quote unquote educators uh, that do nothing but post negative uh, stuff on their page. That's all they can get off on, and they don't do anything positive for this hobby. Instead, all they do is post negative after negative after negative, and they use it on YouTube. Um, and it's it's a sad deal, man. And, and I tell people, you know, if that's all you can do, please find another hobby. We don't need you. We don't want you. Um, and unfortunately, I just hang around. But uh, you want to grow this hobby? Stop being start stop being negative. Be positive. Help each other out. Encourage one another. And I promise you, this hobby will grow. Uh, be smart, and you know, don't be a smartass. Absolutely. So, with that being said. What's kind of the gap between uh, what can, because right now we're talking to mostly reptile breeders and, you know, people who are beyond the pet level. So what can your normal reptile breeder do or what would you recommend them do to kind of get that community outreach involved? Well, you know, I mean, there are some breeders that, that don't want to be in front of, you know, a hundred people or a thousand people or whatever it may be. And so with that, I, I would say find someone in education that, that you like, that you can support and help them out. If that means donating a snake, do it. You know, um, if it means giving them roaches for feeders or worms or whatever, help them out. Um, this is not a cheap business, right? Uh, it, it's, a, it's a struggle because we take in a lot of rescues also. And so trying to house them and find homes for them and feed them and plus our, our, our personal animals, it's tough. Um, so I, I would encourage breeders to find someone who does these shows that, that's good and responsible and does it the right way and, and help them out, support them. Uh, anything, you know, like I said, a snake, lizard, whatever. We can always use more because we, we do so many shows, we have to rotate these animals. And if I've gotten snakes from, uh, I'm sorry, I've gotten crusted geckos from Wally Kern uh, from Supreme Gecko. Now, anytime anybody wants a crusted gecko, I have them go to him um, because he's just a good dude. One of the nicest guys in the hobby, if you ever talk to him, he's just a sweet guy. Um, and so I have them go to him to get crusted geckos. Um, so it's important we, we support the right people um, just because, you know, one guy is on YouTube and being a smartass to everyone and you know, posts on some negative stuff. So he's popular. He gets all the views. Does not mean that's who you need to, you know, hang on to to get your popularity up. Uh, it's okay to find the guys that actually do things the right way and, and support them. 
Absolutely. Um, I have a couple things. First, okay. um, Todd Autry is watching, and he's just the I whole got... time. The whole time you've been talking, he's just been, you know, pumping you up. He's like, yeah, that's awesome, Brandon. Like, totally agree. Like, I just want to say that. Like, he really is. <laughs> Todd's, Todd's a good dude. He's always supporting me, so. He's supports everyone. Like, he's just, he's he's great. And he's one of those positive people, I think, you know, you were speaking about. And always trying to do better for the community. You know, even for things that he may not keep or may, you know. not. I, mean, I think he barely about. keeps at all. Right. Either. But, like, he wants to support the hobby and make, you know, a better outlook within the hobby and for the rest of the world. Right. Yeah. Todd, Todd's a good dude. Uh, man, he's supported me for years now. Um, even if it's just sending me a, a message saying, you know, hey, good job on on the show or something, it's always something, and I really appreciate that. It means a lot when people do that. So, yeah. Um, and my second question, um, you mentioned about like rotating snakes out and everything. So I was wondering, how do you decide when to do that? Also, do you keep your personal collection always separate from the business's collection? Yeah. Yeah. So. so I have, you know, I have some of my personal animals, like I have Utila Island iguanas. Um, th those are mine right now. Those aren't doing shows because they're still young. Um, but what I do is before my shows, before before the, my day starts, I'll go through and check the animals and see who's in a good mood, who's in a bad mood. Uh, and it's basically what I tell people. They wake up in bad moods just like we do. Uh, so it's important to, to really pay attention to your animals and understand what they, what's going on. You know, and and then I go through and, and whoever can hang for the day, then that's who does the shows. If I feel like they need a day off or a week off or a year off, then that's what they get. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any negative effects or what would you look out for to be like, hey, this is time to switch that animal out and then bring a new animal in? And how much can they do? Because I know you have a crazy busy schedule. So, I mean, I have some some animals that I can do, you know, non-stop you know i mean i have you know like um <clears throat> you know my tarantula rosie she does every show um midnight my tegu she does every show um the snakes are a little more off and on because they get a little more of an attitude problem you know sometimes um so i you know like i have alice he was my doom rolls boa and uh i think it was probably a month ago two months ago i retired him uh, because he bit my arm at the end of the show and he got scared. Something scared him. He, he bit my arm and latched on me pretty good. Uh, so I retired him. Uh, I still have him. I'll never get rid of him because he was a big part of roaming reptiles growing. Um, so he just kind of hangs out in his little retirement enclosure and we're all good. Um, yeah, you just kind of got to learn your animals and, and you know what they can do, what they can't do. I like that term retirement enclosure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll be in Sunday. <laughs> That's what we'll all be in. <laughs> I'll just work into that retirement enclosure. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so that's interesting that you find that, you know, some of your lizards and inverts, are, are they just the hardier species? Like, you think you could take a corn snake with you every day? or? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I take my milk snake and my king snake with me every day. Um, but, like, you know, Rosie the tarantula, they're like, I don't care, whatever. You know, they just kind of go. Uh but and, and and of course, like milk snakes, they're easy. Mm. You know, they're they're not anything to worry about, and I've never had a problem with them doing multiple shows uh, right after one another. So, 
So how do you keep, uh, is one thing for a lot of us, we usually keep like one or two species mostly, and we all set it up the same so we can have a bunch of animals. It's a lot different, I guess, when you're all over the place as far as species mm-hmm. and types of animals. So how do you go about keeping all the different types of animals? Like you said, it must be expensive. It's frustrating. Because, you, know? uh, you know, you start with something that needs high humidity next to something that needs a desert uh, you know, so everything, every, every enclosure is different and it's, it's really kind of, uh, it's fun cause you get to learn a lot, you know, doing so many different species. Uh, it's frustrating because you have so many different species, um, and there's so much to learn, you know, uh, so it's, you know, prepping food and make sure there are temperatures and lights and humidity and, and everything is right. Uh, so it's taken, it's taken a lot to kind of organize how we do this. It's still not perfect. Uh, I have my kids, they help me, my wife helps me. Uh, so, you know, we get it done. It's just, it's, it's tough sometimes. Absolutely. So you're on the road. I mean, you've been pretty much gone all day today. Yeah. Thank you for doing the podcast yeah. after I saw your status. I was like, shit, I feel bad. Yeah. You had such a busy day. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, uh, it, uh, my wife did the, the, the numbers. And I think it's uh, 30 now, 37 shows in the next 16 days. Holy crap. With with a little over 3,000 miles driving. Wow. Uh, and how long so, is yeah. each show? Each show is about an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. It's, it's, and, like, with the library shows, you know, our show is about an hour, but we end up staying after because people want to hold and get pictures and and I never right. like, rush to get out, right? I can't, I hate people that like, all right, I'm done. You've paid my money for the hour. I'm out of here. Those people are idiots. You know, hang out, let the kids enjoy it. Let the parents enjoy it. Uh, you know, give them another 30 minutes or something like that. So it's, you know, it's crazy. Um, Someone in the chat asked, do you rest them all after feeding? Like, do you play in your, your events so that they have time to or chill out after feeding, feeding or, yeah, or rotate? I, I, I plan their feeding around my shows. Oh, okay. Um, and that, that's really one thing you have to do. You know, you can't, you can't say, okay, I'm going to feed on, on Friday and no shows on Saturday because that's not how people work, you know, uh, People work, you know, I do shows seven days a week. So one snake might be fed on Tuesday and then get a couple days to relax and do nothing. And another snake might be fed on Friday and relax for a couple of days and do nothing. Um, I've had it where I fed on a Friday and did a show with him on Saturday. And it was no big deal. People, you know, there's so many things out there people freak out about. Uh, it's, it's kind of silly, you know, I mean, you know. I've never had a problem using a snake the next day. Uh, I don't do it regularly. I don't have a need to do it regularly, but I've done it. Right. Yeah. I think there's always this set of rules that we've grown up with in reptiles where it's like, you have to wait this amount of time after the snake eats to do anything with it or this long after it was shipped or put somewhere. I mean, Obviously, you're moving animals a lot more than the normal person. What considerations do you put in when transporting them, and how do you make sure that doesn't throw them off too much? You know, I, I've been I've been really lucky with my animals. I work with them a lot before they ever go out in public. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I get an animal, then I, I go do a show. Uh, I put time into that animal and I feed them, I work them, I feed them, I work them. And I work them, I mean, I'm holding them, I'm, you know, moving them around like I would a show. Um, and I do that every night. And I do do that with different animals every night. That way they get accustomed to what's going on. Uh, then they get put in their traveling containers and we hit the road. But uh, it's I, I always keep animals for, for a few months before they ever do a show. Uh, and I work with them to make sure they're going to be good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Now, this is coming from a little bit maybe for my own uh, good as far as because we're moving soon and we're transporting a bunch of animals in a car. But uh, do you have any particular um, ways of keeping temperature in your car or, you know, in California, I heard it was like over 100 degrees for a few days. Um, how do you make sure everyone's cool or in the winter hot and make sure that your temperature is not too off? So I, the car I drive, you know, I, I put the back seats down and if it's winter time, I turn the heater up. If it's winter or, you know, if it's summer, I turn the air conditioner on. Um, I keep their, their containers. I have Aspen or, you know, whatever they may need uh, for that animal in there. Um, I always have water with me. And it's funny, I put a video up of Midnight Artegu in between shows. I have a bottle of water. I put the lid off and stick it up to her face and she starts sticking her tongue inside the, the bottle of water and she's drinking. Um, and I do that for my snakes. I do it for all my animals. You know, I'll stick the bottle of water up to them and they'll take a drink and, and kind of do their thing. But uh, temperature, I never really had a problem. Uh, the only thing I do now is during the summertime, uh, all my shows have to be indoors uh, because, you know, we're hitting 105, 106, 107 degrees. Uh, anything like above 90, uh, especially if it's sunny out, uh, it's got to be indoors because, you know, the, the heat will, will destroy these animals pretty quick. Absolutely. So you figure um, you're working up there and they're working too because they're thirsty after or whatever. You tend to feed them more or a lot of them adult animals kind of on a maintenance type diet or how do you go about that? Oh, no, they, they all get fed really, really well. I mean, uh, my tegus get a, a nice big bowl of dog food. Uh and I don't want to hear anybody complaining because that's already, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good food for tegus. Uh, but they will also get mice and rats and fruits and vegetables. Uh, you know, I put, post pictures of their food. It's like big bowls of, you know, stuff. Uh, same thing with my iguanas. You know, I'll go through and I'll give them big bowls of stuff, uh, fruits and vegetables, stuff like that, uh, to make sure that they get plenty. Uh, even between shows, I might have something I'll give to them. Uh, just kind of give them a little snack every once in a while, so... Awesome. Now I thought you had a question. I do. Oh, yeah. oh but it's a it's a on topic but backtrack question because <laughs> okay. that's how I roll. Yeah. Um. A while ago, you said that the winter months were slow for you, and I've been trying to think, like, why school's still in session? There's birthdays still. Like, why are winter months slower? I, I think it's mostly because it's the holiday season. You know, we have Thanksgiving and or Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. New Year stuff like that, and so people are, are pretty much trying to save money, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not, and schools, you know, they have out for two or three weeks uh, in that time. Um, and I think I think right around there is testing for schools, so they don't want you know some dude with reptiles to come in and like mess up their whole testing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, usually uh, uh, 
November, December, January is like our slowest months. Uh, hmm. This last year was actually pretty good. We actually kept going fairly decent. Um, but we, we still plan as if it's going to be uh, a really slow season. So we have to save that money from our summer season to get us through that winter. Even if we have a good winter, we just want to make sure that we're covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's even something that reptile breeders could um, attest feel, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they feel the same thing. They breed and have a bunch of babies in summer and stuff, and then the winter comes, you can't ship and all that, and then it's like right. famine. It's like, it's feasting yeah. and famine. So, what do you, or how did you go about? Kind of besides word of mouth, I mean, how do you go about? to all these libraries and stuff like that. And do you get paid for libraries and schools? I do. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. What kind of question is that? I said, well, there's a lot of educators. There's a lot of people who do shows just kind of on the hobby level and will do it for free. For this someone. Is his well, they have far more money than I do. Yeah. So. This is his business, babe. Come yeah, on. Yeah, just on that. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. We, we get paid for the libraries and schools and, and stuff like that. And giving companies, uh, well, we'll get us for for their for their events or something like that. Um, now, now, we do do a lot of free shows. Um, I'm weak like that. Uh, I had we were we were eating dinner at a restaurant and a, a dad came up to me and said, you know, we, we we've seen your show, we love what you do. And me being me and you know not the smartest of businessmen, I'm like, hey, give me a call. I'll give your son a free show. And uh, so yeah, he called and we did a free show. Um, so I, I, I actually give away a lot of shows uh, that we do for free. Or, or if I feel like there's a, a school or something that just can't swing it, I'll just do it. Um, because I want people to enjoy these animals. I want people to learn about them. Absolutely. So how do you keep that balance? Because I think we have the same dynamic as far as she's cared much, much more about the money in and out. And I would I would give away snakes okay. hold to on. everyone. Let me yeah. defend myself for a second. Don't okay, make hold, hold me... on. Before, before you start, before you start, close your ears. Uh-oh. You send me a snake and don't tell her and we'll call it good. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I, I only have, I only breed corn snakes, so all, all I can, got to all I can cool. give me is a corn. All right, if you're down, I'm down. We go ahead. Okay, I am not a cold-hearted bitch who only cares about money. No, it's like not what you're I was making saying. me out. Yes, you are. Well, no, he had mentioned that his wife does a lot of the accounting and looking after the accounts, and I would say you take more of that role. When we. <laughs> can comfortably pay our rent you can make all the <laughs> trades and give away all the snakes your heart pleases right now i'm trying to keep a roof over our head if i wasn't here he would fucking sleep in his car with all his snakes because he would yeah, get I, to I that point that, i think you and my wife would probably become really good friends <laughs> <laughs> he just right now he's like oh yeah i'll trade you a snake and i'll trade you a snake and i'll trade you a snake and like i'm like no this is money. Well, here, here's, here's the thing. As frustrating as it is sometimes, because there's stuff that I want bad, you know, um, and I know I can't do it. If it wasn't for my wife, I could not do this. It's real easy. I could not do this job without her because she handles the scheduling. She handles Facebook. She handles 
uh, emails. She does all that stuff that I would completely and utterly screw up, right? And I, I would book like twelve shows at the same time. And, you know, so I'm, I'm I'm lucky enough to have her where she schedules everything out for me. Um, so you know, it's 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 a totally worth it uh, that she allows me just to play with the animals and go do shows, and she handles all that stuff in the background. So did she quit her job too when you bought no. this? And, oh. and that's the most amazing thing. She works 40 plus hours a week doing HR. She's the, the head of HR at her company. And she busts her ass, man. And then she comes home and, and she's with the kids. And, you know, uh, so it's, it's nonstop for her, man. But she does it. So does she do any hands-on things with the animals? Does she mind the animals at all? She does. She, she helps at shows uh, when she can. Um, this day after tomorrow, Wednesday, I go to the coast and I have two libraries up there. My last library ends at 3.30, 4 o'clock. I have to race back to Bakersfield because we have a uh, 6 to 8 show here in town. And so she's going to take half the animals, go to that, and start that program. And till I get back in town, I can you know, help her out there. Uh, so she picks up, you know, where I screw up and double book things. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And um, Jeanette Kenner says your wife is so cool. And Todd hey, you know, says your wife is amazing. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, I, I was doing a birthday party and I booked a church at the same time. And I didn't really think about it. Because the, the preachers told me that they, they wanted a booth where kids can come out and see everything. And uh, I was like, oh, no, I all booked it. And I was like, babe, can you do this? All you got to do is have a booth. You don't even have to talk in front of people. Just have a booth. Um, she got there, and they put her on stage of the church in front of the whole congregation. <laughs> and she had to do a show. And uh, I was like, dear God, she is going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so she had to talk about all the animals and, and bring people up and do things. And, but, uh, you know, my daughter went with her and, and said that she just totally rocked it and did a great job. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. That's very interesting. I wouldn't expect a church to book y'all. I get, I get a lot of churches. Really? Do you know what yeah. I'm thinking about right now? No. Oh, yeah. Can I talk about it? No. Please. No, it's weird. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's weirder. Now you got no. me wondering. We saw a video this week. I don't even remember it exactly, but it was this guy who keeps snakes and he had this. Was it a corn snake? Yeah. It was a. Uh, don't be mean to. I'm not honestly. being mean. I'm not being mean. I'm just stating the facts he had what was it like a blizzard or a snow corn yes. snake which if you don't know those are like pretty much all white and right. he said it was all white because god washed the sins of the snake and took away all his color well that guy can have his own opinion may not be wow. science but... hey you know uh yeah <laughs> I don't know. You know, here's the deal, and, and I, I know I'm in the minority here, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I think uh, growing up in a Christian household, 
growing up in church um, and still believing to this day whether, you know, people like it or not, I don't care. You know, I don't flaunt what I my faith. I don't push it down anybody's throat. You'll never see it. Uh, you know, I don't post about it every day because it's mine, right? What I believe is mine. Um, and so I, I think uh, some of these people get a little carried away. You know, like like with what you said about, you know, washing the color. No, it's called genetics. Uh, it's a pretty nifty little thing if you learn it. Um, there's no reason to, like, put, you know, that into it. Um, you know, it's just science. It's but, I, but I think he was just trying to tie everything together and right. trying to do something positive and using it as symbolism. Of, so Right, exactly. I, I think that's exactly what it was, a symbolism. I, I don't think he meant anything... You know, at least I, I hope, hope so. he doesn't like go home and know. You know I hope this is so. why it's white's name. I really <laughs> I hope, hope so. If he just used it as a symbol, then you know what? Awesome, man. If that gets your point across and, and it helps, you know, somebody out, awesome. Uh, if you do it because you actually think that's why he, it's a white snake, um, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to turn you. on the light. Yeah. Um, thank you for letting me ask that. Okay, what is the weirdest event you've ever done? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I've done some interesting shows, and, and there's some shows where I've had a really hard time, you know, continuing. Uh, I, did a, I did a show for a group downtown, and I remember them. They were all smoking pot this group it was some big carnival thing it was like everyone was high you know and i remember one guy blew smoke in one of my frogs face francis had a big african little frog and he blew the smoke in its face mm. and i thought i was going to come unglued man uh i've got some weird one uh but uh that that one you know was, was one of the hardest because it's like some people get it some people have zero respect for anything they just don't care and those are the people that you know i kind of can do without for a while right do you think that there is there a palpable difference between doing a show for mostly kids and doing something like have you had any venues where maybe it's more adults than you're used to you know like there's not even many kids in the crowd yeah um, pot smoking one well yeah <laughs> I did a birthday party. I got I got a call for a birthday party. So when I got to the house, I said, you know, who's the birthday boy? So I can you know, say hi or whatever. <laughs> Was it an Adele? <laughs> and this guy in the corner in a wheelchair raised his hand. He was 82 years old. Oh, I love it. And I love it. And a birthday party. So I did a birthday party for an 82-year-old. And he was, like, so excited. He came up for every animal. He would wheel his wheelchair up and hold every animal. And it, it was it was one of those moments, man. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but I've done it for you know I've done shows for a thousand kids. I've done it for adults uh, that just want to see reptiles. So it's, it's it's a pretty cool mixture. What's your favorite thing about doing the shows from that perspective? Oh Lord, um, I do shows for a place. Um, that helps young adults with disabilities. Uh, 
whether it be autism or just any kind of mental disorder or something like that, these, these kids, these young adults all go to this place. And uh, that's where I do my shows. I, I, they hire me every year to do these four different or five different areas. Uh, a few years ago, there's a girl named uh, Michelle. Uh, she's blind. She's autistic. She has some other things going on. Uh, but I, rem I, I remember her always coming up and wanting to hold and touch an animal to see what it feels like. And uh, I came back a year later, and she remembered every one of my animals. She remembered the date I was there the year before. Um, she remembered all the animals' names. And I remember at the end of the show, she came up to me, and I, I went to shake her hand or something like that. She hugged me. And she said, I love you and I love your animals and thank you for coming again. And uh, to this day, man, I absolutely adore that girl. Um, those shows, man, you can't beat them. There's nothing better uh, than seeing those those kids get excited for something that they don't get to see all the time. And they actually get to interact with it. They get to come up and hold it. Um, just like now we do shows uh, every month for a uh, adult uh, living center uh, with patients with dementia and stuff like that and we go there every month and these people are all like 60 years or older you know all the way up to like 90 some odd years old but they get so excited which makes me excited they get to see these animals they come up and they're so excited to hold them even though they just did it a month earlier uh, but it's like every month they want to do it again and it's 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 a blessing that's fun sometimes I wish it's gonna sound stupid, oh, no. but I wish I could like have a snake in my pocket <laughs> at all times because there's so many people that like people who don't know about Joe, but like obviously I have to explain I'm a snake breeder's girlfriend and like their faces, you know, all of that. Right. And I know if I could just get it in their hands, it would be such a different reaction than me explaining it and so i wish i could just like always have one in my pocket to like pull pull out and be like here just touch it like just hold it i promise you <laughs> it's not what your brain is thinking right now <laughs> <laughs> well you know i i tell people you know people that take their snakes to like walmart you know and fast trip you know you don't need to do that right that that's going to cause more fear than than you are helping because not everybody wants to see that animal or wants to have that encounter with that animal and i think we get so excited sometimes to share our pets we're like we're like shoving their face we're like here look at this you know and they're not ready for it you know mm -hmm. and so i tell people if your animals are not invited don't bring them it's real easy you know, uh, if, if someone doesn't hire you or say, hey, can you bring a snake over to let little Johnny see it? Don't bring it, right? Because there's that potential to do far more bad than what you're doing, you know, good. Absolutely. And I think that there's such a line where I don't know where it exists, but it's there as far as uh, there's people who definitely want as much attention for themselves as oh, they yeah. do the animal. Well, that's the people you see walking down the street. Yeah, like with their boat. Yeah, with their boat. I feel like that's more for them, less so off. for the animal. Well, you know, and, and that's one thing I, I try to um, get across to people is, is doing these shows. It's not about me. I'm not the star of the show. People don't pay me to see me, right? Uh, I know I'm not that, you know, awesome looking to uh, 
get that kind of attention. But uh, animals do a pretty amazing thing. You know, people want to see the animals. They want to learn about the animals. They want to interact with the animals. That's what I give them. Uh, the animals are the stars, right? They're, they are it. Um, that's why in most of my posts, I try to not post a lot of myself or pictures of myself. Or if I do, I'm like with one of my kids that's helping me with the show or, you know, stuff like that. Because it's not about me. It's about the animals. Um, and we have people that they feel like they have to be in every picture. They have to be in every video. Uh, they have to be the star of it. And they don't understand they are not star. Right. The animals are the stars. So what are the kind of steps and things that you do to ensure that people are interested without all theatrics and BS pretty much? You know, it's funny because that, that's I remember when I started out, I had people say, you know, you got to be dramatic. You got to have some kind of suspense. And and I'm like, dude, I can't. That's not not my style. Man. I just I just don't have that. Um, and you know, it's funny, I was, I was telling my wife I needed, you know, see about getting some new animals and I need to mix something up. And she said uh, something about uh, on Jurassic World, Owen Grady said that, you know, it's a reptile, you know, wow enough type, you know, that's that's it right there. That's, an, that's a big animal. They're excited about it. And, and I, I've really come to understand it. Man, all you got to do is pull out one of these lizards or snakes put it in a kid's hand and, and you're good, right? They're, they're excited. I don't need dramatic stories. I don't need to uh, feed my snakes in front of anybody. I don't need to uh, have them uh, bite me or, you know, go on YouTube and say, hey, we're gonna, you know, get bit by snakes today and guess which one did it. You know, you're not helping anything. You're just screwing everybody over. Absolutely. And now, okay, go. Oh, um, in the chat, they asked, what kind of insurance do you have in case of accidents or anything like that? Uh, so we have what's called a traveling zoo insurance. And I think it's like two million or something like that. Uh, coverage on and on. My wife handles it. I don't because <laughs> I would screw it up. Um, but, you know, luckily we never needed it because, you know, you're cautious. You pay attention. Uh, there's absolutely no reason to ever need that insurance. Uh, to, to have to use it. Uh, we we have to have it for obviously the schools and libraries, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a traveling zoo uh, insurance policy. So is that something that's expensive that would be a barrier for entry or is it reasonable as far as price um, goes? Yeah, it's expensive. You know, I mean, it, you know, it goes anywhere from, you know, 120 to 160 a month. So, I mean, it, it, it can get pricey. So, essentially, you got to do at least one show just to pay for your insurance. Right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, my wife breaks it down. Okay, we got to do this many shows to cover our bills. You know, this many shows to cover this payment. You know, something like that. So, everything's kind of broken down on what we have to do every month. Right. And now I forgot where I was going oh, with sorry. the last thing. <laughs> but talking about kind of YouTube and stuff like that, I mean, we're obviously on YouTube. We're on YouTube right now. Um, <laughs> how do it's so hard not to get caught up in trying to get views and trying Be to YouTuber. get YouTuber. Yeah. 
and we honestly don't attract many people because we don't really do much things, ex- many exciting things. But but how can you um, not go down that road? Um, what do you feel like you should put out there on YouTube? If you were to start a YouTube channel, I mean, obviously you have Facebook and everything like that. Um, what do you think the step would be and where what the lines are? What kind of content are? would you put out? Yeah. Oh, man. So So here's the deal. I've always tried to stay away from YouTube doing videos um, just because it was, it was like one of those things where it, you kind of leave yourself open to just getting, you know, attacked by people, nitpicking every little damn thing you do in life. And, you know, I, I want to know part of that. Um, but I've had a lot of pressure uh, put on me, Todd Autry, to start doing. <laughs> he literally just said we need Brandon on YouTube. <laughs> To, to start doing videos, and, and so we, my oldest daughter, Lindsay, she wants to be a director, and I was like, here's your chance. You start making my YouTube videos, and so we made the first one on Saturday, and she's editing it and doing all that kind of stuff, and it's just traveling to a show and doing a show and coming home, and, and then uh, I did one today for Dave Kaufman's channel. I started doing uh, tips on how to show your animals uh, responsibly. Uh, how to let kids hold the snakes and stuff like that. So it's like a three-minute little how-to videos I'm going to start doing for his channel. Um, and then I'm going to do a video with Brian Cusco this week, and we're going to go to the coast and do the libraries, do show, do filming there. Um, am I good at it? No, because, you know, I don't know how to edit anything. Um, I'm just not tech savvy. I'm surprised I got it on here. Um, but, uh, so we're going to start doing YouTube. It's not going to be, you know, I'm, I do a video once a week, once every two weeks, just kind of depends on the schedule and what we can do. I might do like a couple of vlogs here and there, live things, but you know, I'm just going to have fun with it, but it's going to be education. It's not going to be, uh, you know, stupid, you know, bite videos or, you know, look at my Burmese Python, eat a cow. You know, I'm not interested in doing that stuff. Uh, I want it to be informative. I want people to have a good time. I want people to learn something. I want people to, to learn to enjoy these animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a big thing as far as if you want your content to be engaging and interesting, you have to actually create a story and make a good video, which is something that someone like Dave Kaufman is super good at, which I super admire him for, is because he's never stooped down to any which level to get views he's always done respectable content in a good way that has good story that's actually and and the thing is is dave dave is just a good guy he's just a nice dude you know um and and, you know i I, i'm friends with a lot of guys there in the midwest that are just really just amazing people uh that i'm i'm honored to, to have as friends i mean ryan mcveigh uh from Zilla, uh, Zilla sponsors us. But I love that man, man. He, he's like a brother to me. Um, Bill Stewart, you know, all those guys are just such good guys. Um, so you, you you find those people that are goodness hobby, man, and you stick to them, and you support them, and you support each other, and then it grows. <laughs> absolutely shameless plug uh we should be ha- this might jinx us but we should oh, no. be having 
Dick Hoffman on the podcast in a couple of weeks, and I'm super excited. <laughs> nice. Yeah, t- tell him that, that, you know, dude did get there and and do good work, and then and he'll he's he's a good dude, man. He's he's a uh, He's he's good for the hobby. We need he needs to be pushed up higher than what he is for sure. And we I have just, we have like voodoo if we mention someone's coming on that it always something gets messed up. But it was reason. too perfect not to yeah, mention okay. it. <laughs> and we had Cusco on as well, who's an awesome dude. You are in here for that. I'll, 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 uh, I'll talk to him, make sure he does it that way. I can be in the chat room and annoy him the whole time. There you go. Ryan you can Cusco? be like uh, his Todd. No, th- no, you weren't. Yes, I was. Okay, sure. And oh <laughs> I don't God, remember. I totally was. Um, but I agree with what you say about Dave Kaufman. It's so funny because when I started dating him, he watched all of Dave's shows. So I just assumed he was, you know, this like really big, super famous person. And then I'll, I'll talk to people. I'm like, oh, did you see that Dave Kaufman video? video? And they're like, who's Dave Kaufman? And it just blows my mind that this dude's going all over the world and going to all these different things. And as an we, actual filmmaker. Right, like things we will never get to do and just opening our eyes up to all this stuff. Yet people don't know him. Like, I don't understand that. Well, that's, it, 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 yeah, it blows my mind that we can have someone set in, you know, pull George out of a snake or out of a drawer and, and, get all excited about you know look at the color on this ball python or and those get all the views but the guy that can actually go out and find them in the wild right and do this amazing stuff does not get the views uh that this other guy get and i i I just don't i don't get it because it makes no sense Well, to us, because we're so insulated and so into it that it's... But it's like it's like a mini documentary every episode. You know what I mean? Like, it's more than just, oh, my God, the a snake. Like, (laughs) shit like that. Like, Is it exactly like that? Yeah, there's girls out there who, you know... Girls out there. Oh, shit. I'm not naming names, (laughs) but not being negative, because this is a positive (laughs) podcast. You're being very negative. But... There are people out there who are just like, hey, look at my one ball python. Like, I have big tits and watch my Whoa, video. Yeah. There's this guy who goes out and like <laughs> crazy smart, crazy adventurous. And it just, it just, I just don't get it. I don't yeah, know. Here we go. We spent 10 okay. minutes already There's talking my about him before we had him on the podcast. <laughs> now, if, if I could text right now, I'd text Dave and say, hey, we're, we're talking about you. Uh, yeah, you're basically on the podcast already. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you don't need to come on in a couple of weeks. You, well, I got you. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll cover it. <laughs> but where were we before the Dave Kaufman rant? Um, yeah, I don't know. So, so, do you have any specific animals that are kind of lean themselves towards being your mascot, or do you have any one animal that people always ask for? Um. So midnight, my black and white Argentine tegu. She goes to every show because everybody absolutely loves her. Uh, when she was a baby, the previous owners, their dog got a hold of her tail and mangled her tail up. Um, but she is by far one of the sweetest tegus I've ever been around in my life. Uh, you know, I hold her up on my shoulder. I let kids hold her on their shoulder, and she'll just put her head on her shoulder and fall asleep. Uh, she is my big baby, so she goes to all the shows. Um, I have mm-hmm. Alanis, uh, my 
rhinoceros iguana. Uh, she's just a baby, but she had a metabolic bone disease. So her spine is twisted up. But uh, again, she is my baby. She goes everywhere. Um, Rosie, the tarantula is always popular. Everybody wants to see her. Even the people that are scared of tarantulas want to see her. Um, I see that face. So one of these days, we'll walk together. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Uh-uh. You're, you're gonna have to hold Rosie. So. Uh uh-uh. uh. I do have to say I the went. fact that I slept. Our friend Wes has a bunch of them, and I slept in the same room as multiple of them. I, was and I wasn't close even to scared. It. Really? Were, we were it, very were intoxicated. It was like three thirty. But I oh, <laughs> that's the time when you it. don't want to hold them. <laughs> And then also, he's like, let's take out the IJ. It usually tries to bite me, but I guess he had some balls at the moment, and everything went good. So <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. we took out some things. Do tarantulas were... bite? I don't know anything about them. them. I literally they, they just know they freak You know, if it has a mouth, it can bite. Or fangs, for that matter. <laughs> they do also, like, shed hairs on you, right? Yeah, I, I think I'm actually allergic to their hairs uh, because what? I've handled them so much. I've handled them so much. Now it's like I itch pretty much 24 seven on my hands uh, because of it. Uh, but it's one of those deals where I can't stop using them because they're popular and- Can uh, you wear a glove? Yeah, but that would look stupid. <laughs> and plus you would be like, I have a glove on, but someone else put this in their hands. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but uh, so, you know, I, 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 I keep my tarantulas because, you know, I can't tell you how many people have overcome a fear of tarantulas by holding Rosie. Uh, so it's, and you know, I, I give them nice names because it helps. You know, my monkey tail skink, his name is George. Um, my my lavender albino retake is Butters. Um, you know, you keep nice names, you know, that way it, it kind of uh, personalizes those, the, those animals with the people they're engaging with. Yeah, we don't want slasher or, you know. You know, I try not to get too, you know. <laughs> Um, okay. What is the, like, I don't know how to word this, the specific fear or specific thing people think about tarantulas that's not true. Like with snakes, everyone's like, ew, they're so slimy. And I have to convince them, like, no, they're actually not slimy. Like your brain is telling you it's slimy, but it's not. And so what's right. the thing people yeah, think about tarantulas that's not? They automatically assume that, that no matter what, they're going to tag you. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're all just aggressive you know, chase you down, you know, and, 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 and bite you or, or whatever, you know, and, and it's, it's funny because I tell people, you know, you watch these movies from the fifties and sixties where Trent was like took over the town and like started fires and flipped cars <laughs> over. And, and, and I, I, I always say, you know, they didn't actually do that. That was a movie, you know? And, uh, and so, you know, we kind of start that going that way. So it, it's a lot of people just automatically assume they're just these mean animals. Mm-hmm. Now, everything that you mentioned so far has legs. So, what's <laughs> up with the no, no snake love? <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I, I have, I have uh, my king, my milk, uh, a corn, um, uh, a hypo jungle, but uh, red tail, a red tail. Um, I have a couple of ball pythons, uh, my retic, uh, my Dumeril's boa, stuff like that. I haven't used a ball python in a show in probably 
four or five months. Yeah, because they're boring. Right. Just joking. Those mean. Yeah, they are. But <laughs> but I, I haven't used a bearded dragon in the same amount of time uh, because people know what know them. They see them all the time. True. Bearded dragon and and ball python. Everybody knows what those are. Uh, so if if I have like a special show where they request a ball python or a leopard gecko or I'm sorry a bearded dragon, then I'll bring it. But I like to bring stuff that that are a little more exciting uh, to get people a little bit more involved. Uh, if I'm doing a show for, like I said, for the place that, uh, for, the, for the people that have dementia or something like that, I'll bring, I'll bring those animals because they're calm, a ball python, bear dragon, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you safely have people handle, if you do at all, say something like a retic? Uh, so I never just give them the animal and say, you know, here, right? Um, I always have control of the head, no matter what. Uh, if you're going to do these shows, you have to be uh, ready to take a bite. Uh, if, if someone's going to get bit, it better be you. Uh, it better not be one of the audience members, a kid. Uh, as a presenter, you take that. Uh, it's your responsibility. So you always put yourself in a position that if you, someone gets bit, it is you. Mm-hmm. So is there any time where you had to kind of take a bite or I'm sure you've taken bites from little snakes and stuff during shows. What happens when kind of all hell goes loose? <laughs> so uh, uh, my Dumeril's bow, he's about eight foot. I'm sorry. My Dumeril's bow is about six to seven foot long. Uh, he got scared and bit me on the forearm during a show. And he got me good. I mean, it was uh, inside. I was like, saying every word I could think of, but I was in the middle of a, a school assembly, so I couldn't say it out loud. That's a big, uh, fat, muscular head with some jaw power. Yeah, so so I just uh, uh, smiled and told the kids that he was giving me a little kiss. And, uh, <laughs> I, I turned around, got him in his container, took his, I was able to get him off my arm, uh, wrapped my arm in a towel really quick, and said, you know, he kissed me a little too hard. Um, and, and we were good, you know, and, and the, you know, it's funny, the teachers, they come to me afterwards, they're, they're like, you showed like no emotion, like of getting bit. You didn't jump back. You didn't do anything. And I said, because inside I was screaming like a little girl, uh, because it was like, you know, I, it's one of those things where it hurts, but it's also just how fast it happens, right? You're not expecting it. Um, but it's one of those things you got to take, you got to be in control. Uh, of your of yourself because you don't want to scare a thousand kids, right? Uh, you you have to really check yourself on on how you handle things like that. Absolutely. You have something you picked up your mic? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when you're doing a show and you have all these kids around, like, what would you do? To oh. we kind of got into this a little bit, but. We always kind of shy away from mentioning snakes and stuff because it's so annoying having to build it back up again, kind of defend yourself against all these things that aren't true, right? Like, you know, if we talk to a normal person from work or a something. Normal they, a normal person, not are us. We, are you not normal? No, no. None of no, us are normal. So you don't like that because that's what I'm trying to convince You're trying people to convince people that normal, there are right? normal people. Yeah. That is my biggest thing. They all think snake people are like fucking aliens. 
and I'm trying to convince people that you are normal. So don't so say So as that. someone who's normal. good at explaining things to people. Well, here, 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 here's the thing. Before I really started getting doing these shows, I could go to like a family event, you know, and talk about the weather and talk about, you know, whatever, talk about the race or, you know, football or so I'm, we're, we're not normal because now when I go to family events, I want to talk about reptiles because I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd like that. Right. Uh, and, and not everybody is into that. Right. Not, not everybody wants to talk about reptiles all the time. So we are a little different. Um, but I, I think, it, I think it's not a bad thing. We're so passionate about what we do. Um, I'm so passionate about, about sharing with people and, and letting people learn, uh, and do it in a way that's positive that shows these animals in a good light. I just, I just want to keep going, right? I get excited. Um, and, you know, like I said, for, for people that do that, it's not a bad thing. It's just we, we, want, we want our animals to be normalized like, you know, dogs and cats and gerbils and goldfish and all that stuff. Uh, is it going to happen anytime soon? Probably not. But you know what? We'll, we'll keep chipping away. Uh, yeah, doesn't mean we got to give up and stop. Come a long way. But just because you want to talk about reptiles doesn't mean you're not normal. I'm a teacher. All I want to do is talk about the kids I teach. And I consider myself normal. But it, it's... But you, you, you can't, can't be obsessed with a weird you, thing. It's uh, You can't go up to somebody at, at a party or, you know, that's not in a reptile and say, dude, did you see that new retake morph out there? And they're going to look at you like, what kind of idiot are you? Right. But that's just, yeah, like we're no, so deep. But the same thing <laughs> is if I walk up to you and I say, oh, oh my God, Henry today, like, you know, he said his S sound. I'm but, so excited. But he can relate because he you, has a child. You would though. be like, why is she so excited He has children now, so he'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. No, he wouldn't. That, like, or I'd know, be like, or I'd be like, oh my God, he like... <laughs> walked across the room without falling today i'm so excited <laughs> hey you know <laughs> see i, I, I get you but the thing is people who are outside of the community think y'all are way more weird than you're trying to like they think you're like you know sleeping and like idolize these things yeah i guess like the first question is like, like what do you keep them in are they roaming around your house well people are like oh do you like watch tv with them always do you cook with yeah, like are they always. do they hang around you like that's the whole that's what i'm trying to which some people do and cool totally like that's your that thing is every show every show i do i get do they just run around your house yeah i used to say no they each have an enclosure blah blah blah. now i just said yep <laughs> <laughs> you know and then, and then they didn't look at me like wow and i'm, I'm like you come to my house, so, you know, you, you never know it's going to crawl up on you. Uh, <laughs> they're just all over the place. Uh, and then I tell them, no, they're in enclosures, you know, blah, 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 and keep, you know. Um, and that's normal. But people think it's like cats. Like, they just run around our house. So that's what I'm trying to. I guess that makes cats sense. Yeah. I say like cats. <laughs> yeah. Define normal. Cat, cat, cats aren't normal. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I'm sorry to all cat. the cat people out there. And people who have over five cats, I would say, are stretching but, the normal. But we have like, we'll have you like have... 100 reptiles <laughs> or something without Did you say five cats? I, said I don't over... think anybody that has more than, you know, zero cats is a little <laughs> off. It is questionable. I was trying point, to be nice. Zero. I really don't like cats, but the rest of the world does. So I was trying to be nice. 
<laughs> well, niceness was thrown. Sorry, out cat people. Window. I'm just not a cat person. Are you a dog person? I was raised. My dad used to breed dogs when I was a kid, uh, so we've always had dogs. Um, but with my time and, and scheduling, based on time, you know, um, maybe one day I'll get a dog. Um, just I like reptiles. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm that kid that said, you know, I like turtles. That's me. <laughs> Are your Cyclora and Tegu to the point where they could free roam around if you wanted to, or they come to you, or all these things? If people are looking for dogs in a reptile, people say, "Hey, get a rhino iguana or a Tegu." Is any of that correct, or have you experienced any of that? I, I can let I can let Midnight our Tegu out, and she'll just kind of roam around, do her thing, and and scratch to get up on your lap and fall asleep. Um, that's pretty much all she wants to do is cuddle. Um, my iguanas are still kind of young, so they'll they'll still run around and nick your toes and you know <laughs> all that good stuff. But so do dogs. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you're good. <laughs> so that's, I mean, so I guess it looks like the tegu kind of fits that bill, and I've heard. Oh, no. We're never going to keep but... anything with legs, so. No, it's a lot of work. I, I, I like to keep my 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 retic out and just let her roam around, you know, around my three year old daughter and stuff like that, because I'm responsible like that. Uh, so, I'm just kidding. I don't. I wasn't sure if you were. Being I don't know. My 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 face was very stone cold. I was like, I don't know what to do right now. I'm not quite sure. What... No, I mean, <laughs> now I look stupid because the joke didn't work, but that's all right. Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't let my kids just hang out with retics and shoot video I bet people of it. assume that a lot of times at shows yeah, and stuff course. like that. You know, my, my kids will pick up like a corn snake or milk snake or a king snake or, you know, something like that. Uh, I never let them handle, you know, like the doom rolls or retics or anything like that, By the, you know, unless I have the head. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's not even about, you know, you and I can watch a video of a kid holding an animal and say, oh, that's cute. Uh, but the general public won't see that. They won't say, oh, that's cute. They will say, that is horrible parenting. That is dangerous. That animal should be outlawed, right? And and a lot of reptile people don't understand that. They're like, well, I have a right. I, you know, I be able to do this. Yeah, you have that right. That doesn't mean you should do it. Uh, use your head, right? Think about how other people see it. And that's what's important. Not about how I see it, how you see it, because we're reptile people. We get it, right? Uh, but the outside person, they don't get it. So that's who we need to relate to. Absolutely. Um, okay. So do you feel like parents who hire you guys for the bir birthday parties, like, how do I phrase this? Like, are they closer to the reptile world than the general? Like, are they still asking the completely uneducated questions, or are they a little bit? I don't know how to. Are they it. any like, evolved and or educated? Involved, involved. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. <laughs> are, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, if they're doing this for their kid's birthday, like they're not the person who's gonna ask, you know, those. I hate to say stupid, but stupid questions. Do you feel like that's? Yeah, you know what? I, I get I get a mixture. I get a mixture because a lot of times parents will will bring us in for birthday parties. They're they're scared of the reptiles. The parents are. 
I'm so shocked they would sign. They would hire you then if they're scared. That's interesting. You know, when I, when, when little uh, Johnny, you know, wants something, I guess little Johnny gets it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I'll, I'll go. And and I, I here's here's the thing: doing shows, you you learn your audience. You have to learn who your audience is. You have to be able to read their their facial expressions, how they're sitting, uh, know if they're scared, if they're excited, if they're uh, disgusted, right? Um, you have to be able to read that because in my shows, we bring the parents up too. It's not just the kids, right. you get the parents involved. And uh, I tell the parents, when you come up at my show, you know, your life's gonna change if you have a fear. I'm not gonna scare you, I'm not gonna call you out. I get volunteers. I do not call anybody. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's cool to embarrass people uh, to come up. Uh, I want them to want to come up, and and it happens at every show. Uh, they'll come up, and and I tell people, if you have a fear today's your lucky day because you're going to get a chance to overcome that fear. So you should be really really excited, and I say that at every show because I mean it. Uh, they should be really excited because they're going to get to overcome that fear today, and I, I tell them, you give me five minutes that fear will be gone. And now does it affect the kids after seeing, you know, someone like an adult handle the animals that may have been afraid in the beginning? Oh yeah. Cause if the parents do it, then the kids are just like hundred miles an hour. You know, they feel more confident when, when mom or dad comes up and does it first, uh, it kind of empowers the kids to say, okay, they did it. I can do it. You know? And, and there's times where other way around, uh, I had a little girl, she was like six years old. Mom was terrified of tarantulas. A uh, little girl came up and I put Rosie on her head and uh, they took pictures with, with a tarantula on her head and she was so excited. And that kind of encouraged mom to come up and hold Rosie. So mom did that and she overcame a fear. So it works both ways on that. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you get such an opportunity to meet different people and introduce them to reptiles. How did you get that like, sense for the crowd and when did you finally get comfortable up there doing your talks um probably after you know a couple years of just seeing a variety of people you know on on you kind of know what they're going to do uh you kind of know what kids are going to do before they do it because you've been around so many of them so uh, i i I, I guess I'm lucky that I can read people pretty easy when it comes to body language. Uh, when I, you know, have a snake out or a lizard or something like that, I know what I need to do. I know that this kid, I can, I can put, you know, this king snake on this kid's hand, or I can put, you know, on this kid over here, I can put it on his shoulders or, you know, you kind of learn what you can and can't do. It takes time, but I think that's a big part of the shows uh, is be able to read people and understand what they can and can't do. Mm -hmm. After, I mean, before those two years came up and you weren't able to do that properly, is there like an equivalent to a reptile show bomb in comparison to like a, a comedian <laughs> bombs on stage? Were there any shows where it's just like, oh no, and then you struggle through it? Oh yeah. You know, there, there's shows where it's like, I'd ask for a parent and none, none would come up. And I'm like, well, now I just like an idiot, you know, I'm, you know, no one's longer. <laughs> you know, do anything. But again, then that's where it goes to reading your audience, knowing who will come up and who won't. Um, or, you know, a parent came up and I went to put like a, a hissing cockroach in her hand and she dropped it and stepped on it. Oh. Just out of 
you know, just thinking, you know, there was a roach type oh, thing, you know. Fuck. Um, <laughs> and then I made her feel bad. So I'm like, I'm like, you killed my pet roach. Uh, her her name was Samantha, you know. And, and I went through this whole thing, and she felt really, really bad. And I was like, I'm just kidding. I have like a thousand of them. It's all good, you know. Uh, and you know, we we talk about it, something like that. So I've had some, you know, interesting things happen. That's... I laugh, but I feel like that's something I totally do. Actually, no, that's not something I'd ever do because I'd never touch one. But, yeah. Really? But if you okay. go up there in the first Louisiana place, yeah. fucked me up to cockroaches. If I hadn't, if I wasn't from Louisiana, I might have different feelings. But we have some of the most well, ridiculous. You're just, you're just kind of coming to my show then. They're my just... wife has family in Texas. We'll we'll uh, we'll have to come hang out. The Louisiana cockroaches are so ballsy and don't care and we'll just get all yeah, no no no. Can't do it. Yeah. As Can't opposed to the roaches that are not ballsy and, and do care. Yeah, the, the amicable roaches, you, the personable. Other places and... don't have the flying ones we have. What you I don't know what you're talking about. You, but... Thank you. Exactly. We have flying cockroaches in Louisiana. Okay. And that's why I'm so terrified. If they if they never got off the ground, different what? story. Ours come off the ground. I don't know. What you're... <laughs> you see, he's acting like they it's don't. A, it's all good. Flying cockroaches exist. See? I need to Google it. You've really never heard of a flying no. cockroach? They exist. Well, dubias, you know, they can flutter fly a little bit, you know, and and, and do their thing. And that, that's always fun during the show because... You know, everybody kind of freaks out, but it's all good. <clears throat> Speaking of <clears throat> which, do you breed? I mean, it seems like you breed cockroaches for some of your animals, but do you breed other things for your animals, whether it be mice or whatever feeders you need? I, I used to breed mice and rats, but uh, <clears throat> time-wise, I just do not have time to do it. Um, so now I, I order everything, uh, mice and rats, uh, online, uh, just because it's easier now. It's more expensive, you know, naturally, but I just don't have time. I don't know if there's not hours in a day to take care of as many rodents as I would need and everything and then do shows and work the animals and, you know, spend family time and everything. So, yeah. So does that carry it was, into it was, uh... it was give up the rodents or give up family time? It was, a, it was, you know, it was so tough. Do you, do you breed um, snakes or anything like that or any of your reptiles? You know, I, I I might bleed bleed. I might breed my blue tongue skinks, uh, something like that. You know, maybe some iguanas species, a uh, couple of corn snakes. You know, just but most of those animals, like my corn snakes and stuff like that, they go into classrooms uh, for kids to be able to enjoy for the year. So I don't do it to make money. Uh, they go into classrooms. We donate. We donate the the enclosure, all the equipment, and the animal for free to that teacher, and that animal's in the classroom all year. So, do a lot of people come up to you after like looking to buy a reptile, or schools looking to put them in the classrooms after you do a show? Yeah, we get we get quite a few, but you know, it's it's like when people want to buy something, I point to a breeder that I know uh, that's not going to be you know a dick. Uh, that I'll actually take time with them and talk to them and explain things to them. And then that's who I, who I point them to. Absolutely. And now do you have any recommendations? Like during your show, do you mention, you know, 
owning one or having one as a pad or which ones are good pets, which ones are bad pets, that kind of thing. So I, I really push like corn snakes and milk snakes, um, leopard geckos, crested geckos, um, stuff like that. I mean, you know, obviously if, if, if somebody wants a, a retake, they're going to get a retake. You know, I mean, if someone wants a berm, they're going to get a berm and they're, you know, it's, it's not my place to stop them. Uh, if, if they if they do their research and learn about it, then you know, cool man, go for it. Uh, but for kids, I push a lot of corns and milks and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I think that's where I go as well, which is why I didn't feel like uh, breeding much other than corn snakes as far as giving them out to pets. Like I barely feel comfortable with anything much more of a corn snake, and I'm super cautious about even the corn snakes. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard. I mean, even like a, a ball python, I've seen way too many people not keep those correctly and, you know, have a bunch of issues. So well, I feel like know, corn snakes are pretty – indestructible in their own way yeah they're, they're they're pretty hardy you know so it's just easier especially for kids to have them now as what sorry i had a question but go okay. i can remember it um are are your show animals do you ever maybe bring a baby to the show to show people or do you wait for them all to be adults and all be good oh, no. to go and... I, I i brought uh i, I was donated a a, a hog nose snake uh at the last pomona show and uh i would take it as a display animal so people could see it uh i take it to this day you know and and if it's a new animal that i got in you know that's that's sub-adult adult it, it hangs out and i work it for a while if it's a baby uh i play with it for a while work it for a little while then i'll take it as like a display that way it grows up doing the shows and it gets it's, it's comfortable doing the shows uh you know the thing is, is people say, you know, when you get this animal, leave it alone for two or three weeks and don't touch it. Let it get used to its surroundings. And that, that's BS. You know, uh, it's best that you get that animal and you start handling it right away. It's better to get that animal stressed out now and get it over with and get that way that animal will say, okay, you know what? We're good. This guy's not going to eat me or attack me. It's good. Why would you let that animal calm down for two or three weeks? And then start handling it and stress it out all over again. Do it now, get it over with, and I promise you, man, it will be badass for the rest of your life uh, and easy to handle. So that's what we do. I guess if it can't get handled by you right away, then it's not going to do shows every single day, be moved right. around, taken out yep. of tubs. And do you remember your question? Oh fuck! Oh man, depending on you here. Uh, you really forgot lost it, man. It. <sighs> it's because the chat i blame the i'm trying to answer people in the chat what okay wait what were we talking about like two minutes ago i don't remember uh, how, how, how many uh how, how many hate comments am i getting on the uh, chat room there oh none all positive they're just all positive and, and every time the chat kind of takes its own avenue and path just shitting on me honestly now that i'm no, reading it i wasn't reading it before <laughs> no sorry no 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 see you gotta read the whole thing it, uh, it takes its own path and avenue separate from what's actually going on here um crap <laughs> what were we talking about two minutes ago uh if he has baby snakes and brings them out or adult snakes and 
talking about parents and shows. Damn it. Different things. Well, let me save you, all right? Damn it. I'm so I know. Mad. This is a good question. You're okay. fired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you go. So how do you keep, um, say, something like a retic or a tegu, some of these things with large enclosures, do you have – um, totally separate rooms and different setups for different things. Yeah, I mean, it, everything has its own enclosures. Um, you know, that's specific, specifically for them. Like during the summer, my tegus will go outside. Um, they have a nice big pen out there they can run around and do their thing. And I'll, I'll take you know animals outside and let them cruise around and get in a kiddie pool and swim for a little while and you know do their thing. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they all have their own little enclosures, or not little, but little uh, enclosures they get to live in and and then live their life. So, but you know, a lot of people you know talk about uh, enrichment uh, for animals, which is which is important, right? You need to animals need that enrichment. Um, but my animals use their enclosures to eat and sleep because their enrichment is me. Uh, I am their enrichment. Going out and doing these shows that is an enrichment. These show these animals work incredibly hard, and I post all the time about how proud I am of our zoo and how hard they work, because uh, they do, man. They go out every day, bust their ass, and do a fantastic job. They get handled by tens of thousands of people, and they're good. They have no problems, right? So they come home, they get in their enclosure, and they're like, "All right, I'm done." They just go to sleep. Uh, they eat, go to sleep, then they get up, new shows. I feel like that's kind of jarring for the, you know, the breeder who myself is like, I try to leave them alone as much as possible. But for you, obviously your job depends on you getting these animals to the point where they could be constantly stressed without any, you know, ailments or negative effects of it. Well, you know, it's funny because I hear people say, you know, ball pythons, you know, they, they'll go off food, they stress easy, they do this, they do that. I've done it where I've taken a ball python to, I did three shows one day in, in, in a school, had a ball python, I took it every show, came home, put it in its enclosure, which isn't a, in a, in a, a Zilla front opening enclosure, right? It's not a tub. It's an actual glass, you know, it has one hide, has a light for a heater, put a mouse in there, it ate, put another mouse in there, it ate, put another mouse in there, it ate. And people are like, oh, no, that poor ball python, if it's out wandering, it's stressed. No. If it's out wandering, it's just cruising, right? Uh, I've had them eat, do shows, eat, do shows. So, you know, I think people use that as an excuse, you know, a lot of times why it's not eating. Oh, it's stressed. It's stressed. No, you're just not doing something right. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I've never had a problem. All my animals eat, and they, they work harder than any animals around, so... Yeah, I think um, we've perpetuated kind of a culture of making excuses for keeping animals in tubs, and that's one of them. And I keep animals in tubs too, but also um, I think people have gotten away from the fact that pets may be kept differently. I am a breeder. I keep them in setups like a breeder would. Um, I don't know. You have one corn snake. I don't know why there's a reason why you should have it in a tub. Right, and, and here's the thing. Here, here's where I'll probably get bashed. People say that, you know, racks are better for ball pythons, and I just wish, I'd have so much more respect for the breeder if they'd say, we keep them in racks because it's easier for us. Mm-hmm. Right? 
it, it, it makes our job easier to keep these animals in these racks and clean them, feed them. You know, don't say, oh, it's better for the ball python because I've put a baby ball python in a 40-gallon breeder and it thrived, right? You can do it. Uh, so the racks are for the person to make their job easier because obviously you can't have all these tanks for a breeder, right? That just wouldn't make any sense. Right. So racks... Racks have their place for breeders, uh, but don't don't play it off like it's better for the animal. It's better for the breeder. Oddly enough, I agree, and people are going to hate me too for that. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, and and I'm a hypocrite. I'm the one who does it. But uh, I, I have a rack. I, I I'm not bashing them. I just wish they would say it for what it is. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it's easier for you. Yeah, you don't have to sell anyone on anything. You just say, this is what works for me. I think that's also important to where, obviously, keeping them the way you do works for you. Um, Our friend Wes that we mentioned before, he has all of his animals in, like, kind of naturalistic type of setups. And, yeah, he works a lot harder on me to maintain his enclosures. But they're all amazing, and all the animals do amazing. And, like, yeah, there's no reason why you can't keep them like that. Right, and, and that's my goal. I want to go bioactive, naturalistic on all my animals, everything. Um, but it's a work in progress. It takes time, you know, to get to that point. And, and not only that, but then managing my time, right, shows, family, working the zoo, stuff like that. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a, you know, figuring out the best way to do it. Absolutely. Do you have plans on kind of upping your collection or upping your business? Like, can you even ramp up your business as far as how many shows you're doing? I could, I'm sure, you know, there's, there's, there's <laughs> yeah, still, like, there's still a few dying. hours left in the day. Um, you know, we're always looking to book more and, and if that day comes where it's like, okay, I need to hire somebody to help out, uh, to do a couple shows here and there for me, uh, you know, I'll hire my kid, you know, or, or, I'll tell my wife, you know, hey, guess what? I double booked again, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, I'm always looking, you know, for new animals kind of because we do a lot of repeat shows every year, you know, birthday parties. They'll have me like every year for a kid's birthday party. Um, so I try to bring new stuff. Like I'm going to go to the Pomona show here. I think it's August 12th and just kind of peruse around, see if there's anything uh, that would work you know, for our shows, uh, the last show I went to, I was really lucky, man. I was like, people donated millipedes to me. They donated a retic to me, a lavender albino retic. They're like, here, use it at your shows. Uh, a hog nose. Uh, I mean, people are, you know, some of these breeders are, are really kind of amazing. Uh, they see your reach and what you can do in the public and they're willing to, to say, here, take this and use this. So. Right. Yeah, that's super cool. And also, are you, how like precise are you with your pickups? Because I feel like some people are, you go to a reptile show, you buy something that looks cool. Are you looking for a particular thing for a very particular purpose? Um, no. <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly, I'm not. I go and see, and, and as I'm looking at the animals, I'm like, well, this could, this would work good in this situation or, you know. Um, and then I, you know, if, if I see something, I'm just like, yeah, I, I need that. Right. Um, I bought some, some, uh, Asian scorpions 
I didn't know anything about Asian scorpions, but they look cool. All right. And I was like, those are look, those are work good in the shows. Right. Uh, so I bought them, got home, started reading them on them, got everything fixed up for them. Uh, took them to my shows and, you know, my flat rock scorpions, you know, uh, so it, it's, it's, I, I go to the shows just to look and see. And if I see something that's like, yeah, I'm going to, that would work good. Then, then that's what we'll do. So it's pretty much just an eye test. Hey, I find that cool. Right. Someone else will probably find that cool. Well, you know, I, I remember we had a we had a uh, veiled chameleon named Conan because uh, it reminded me of Conan O'Brien of that comb over type thing, you know. Uh, and I would take Conan and I would hold worms at my shows, or people would hold a worm and Conan would stick throw his tongue out and grab the worm and take it from the kid's hand. People loved that. And everyone told me, you can't use chameleons. They stress out so easy. You know, that that's horrible. And we did shows with him for like two years uh, until I retired him. Uh, he was amazing. And every show, he would like eat a worm from a kid's hand. Uh, and you, you would not believe the smile on these kids' faces when they see that. So, mm-hmm. Do you feel like you... Are there any animals that you just can't work with as far as uh, things that you've gotten as rescues or other things that are kind of, is there such an animal that's too far gone per se? Cats. You know, there, there's a, you know, obviously I I don't use like venomous, you know, snakes in my shows. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't, there's no reason to. Uh, people get excited for reptiles. It doesn't matter what kind of reptile. Nine percent of the time, I bring my tegus out, and they're like, "Look, it's an alligator." Uh, you know, then I have to tell them, "No, it's it's a it's a tegu," and they're like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "No, maybe you're right. I don't know." You know, uh, <laughs> but we, we we have fun, right? And and uh, people get excited. There's 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 some animals. You know, I, I always thought about getting like a croc monitor. And I still want one, even though it would just be my pet, my personal pet. You know, I just want one because they're freaking awesome. You know, uh, I want an anaconda. It might not be a show animal, but it would be mine because they're freaking awesome. Uh, you know, and I, I feel like I need to have my own personal pet that I can say, this is mine. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I remember my question. Oh, God. <laughs> my question i'm so excited <laughs> well say it before you okay forget okay it. living in california now i know california is like really big in snake world and reptile world i know nothing about like california education but living in california do you feel like there's a lot of competition more competition than you would face in another state yes question remember uh, see you're gonna get me in trouble here uh-oh so- i'm sorry my, my my closest competition, I think, is like 60, 70 miles away. Oh, that's and, not bad. He used, to, he used to come here all the time. And uh, we've kind of gotten to the point where he doesn't really come here anymore because we've kind of taken over. Uh, and and I travel everywhere. You know, we've, we've been, we went to Oregon and did school shows Whoa. there. Whoa. Uh, I packed the animals up and we drove 12 hours to Oregon. Holy crap. Uh, and, I was there and you the still only days. charged one seventy five for that? Oh no, 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 no! no. <laughs> we we charged a little bit more than that. 
I hope you charge a lot of it for. Yeah, we 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 travel everywhere. We'll go anywhere because I I think it's uh, I think my animals are good at what they do, right? And and I want people to see them, and and so we're willing to travel. Joe, you missed it, but he said he went to Oregon, which is a twelve-hour drive for them. And I was saying, I hope he charged more than one seventy-five for that. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's crazy. There's no one in Oregon who can do it. And that's the thing. There is, and but they wanted my animals, and and who am I to say you know no? I mean that that to me that's such a big honor that they think that highly of 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 our business and what we do and our animals. It's like, I can't say, you know, no, I'll, I'll, you know, pawn you off on somebody else. Right. I want them to have a good experience. I know what our shows are about. I know how our animals act and that's what I want to give them. Yeah. I mean, it's a compliment that someone's even heard of you that far out of where you typically have your shows, but what were you going to say? So is Oregon the farthest you've traveled? Yeah. Yeah. As far as driving. Yeah. It's uh, that was crazy. That's Uh, insane. You know, there's nothing like, you know, crossing a border with a truck full of, or a car full of reptiles, you know. Yeah. And Have I, you gotten pulled over? I, I've been pulled over. Yeah, I got pulled over coming home from Rankin Ranch up in the mountains. Uh, it's dark. It's a hill. It's called Lions Trail. And there's no street lights or anything. It's just dark. Uh, and there's a mountain on one side and a cliff on the other. And I'm driving down. I'm coming through Caliente. And I didn't know there was a cop uh, by the bushes there and I think I was doing like 35 or something 45 and a 35 something like that he pulls me over and he comes up to the window and asks me you know what I'm doing I said oh I do reptile shows you know and he's like you have snakes in here I'm like yeah I got a bunch of them he's like well just be careful so you know and then I I've been pulled over and uh talking to the officer and next thing I know they booked me for a show for their kids. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you know, hey, then we kind of do a special... When we're we, moving, we kinda... use yeah, that. Yeah. When we're driving to Pennsylvania, <laughs> use that. Yeah, you know, and, and one thing I do is, is you know, for for police officers, police officers get a discount. Uh, veterans get a discount um, because there, there's way too much disrespect for these, for these men and women uh, that are more than willing to risk their lives. Uh, to help, and that's not saying you know there's not bad ones. There are there's bad ones in every profession out there, uh, but I promote the good ones, and and I'm going to help them out. And if they have kids, and if I can make their day a little better by bringing a couple of reptiles to their birthday, then I'm going to do it. Absolutely, um, that's awesome. Okay, I um, I'm going to take the mic for a little bit. Uh, well, okay. nothing. Go on. Okay, thanks. You know, real, real quick, I don't even know what time it is. What time is it? It is 9.43 our time, so 7.43 your time. We have about 15 minutes left. Oh, okay. You Are good? you good? Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm... Okay. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so in the chat, um, it's a thing. I don't know. Our followers or subscribers like to give a celebrity lookalike to our guest. Oh, no. And actually, it hasn't oh, happened. It hasn't happened in a while, which is funny. Like, I feel like it hasn't happened in at least like four or five shows. But um, I just well, give me someone cool, man. 
Uh, they they say you look like Tank Abbott, who I've actually never heard of, but that's because I don't follow uh, fighting. Uh, oh, wait, you cut out. Oh, you there? Yes. Yep. Okay, what'd you say? Okay. I, I've gotten Tank Abbott before, yes. Okay. That's... Well, a UFC fighter is pretty much better <laughs> than a lot of other <laughs> options, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that. You know, I, I wasn't like Butterbean or something like that. You know, I'm I'm good. Yeah, that's the defensive one. Even just with the name Butterbean, you don't know who Butterbean is. I don't Butter know Bean who Butterbean is. Butter Bean He's is. a boxer from back yeah. in the day. He was known for just But uh, thank you, Abbott. Large... You know, thanks, guys. I will take that, right? <laughs> and then someone said <laughs> Carrie King, King without his sunglasses on. <laughs> I've, I've gotten that too, yeah. Whenever, whenever Dave Kaufman was here. I was wearing my sunglasses. He was recording, and someone said, "You went and seen uh, King," and I'm like, "Thanks, but you know, <laughs> I'm not that cool, you know." <laughs> but the beard's on point as far as that goes. I feel like it's very yeah. My wife, so I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, this is kind of like my thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Second question, or yeah, question from the chat. Totally random. But um, Simply Serpents, which is James Lewis, wants to know what your favorite pizza topping is. <laughs> wow, my favorite pizza topping. I love jalapenos. Oh, wow. he does too. I do But you too, never but put on your pizza. I put red chili flakes like a normal person. I didn't know that that was <laughs> oh, oh, I know that well, jalapenos is an option. <laughs> And and, uh, and and pineapple goes on pizza too. Oh no no no! I'm from New York. If I ask for jalapenos or pineapples, I'm pretty sure they tell me to go fuck myself oh, and God. give me pepperoni. So. Oh God! <laughs> pineapple. Okay. Okay. Wish I hadn't asked that question. Now it doesn't okay. make me a bad person. Now, come on now. No, no, just a bad pizza eater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah, there's there's worse things than Tank <laughs> Abbott and Bad Pizza yeah. Eater. Okay, now we can get back to reptiles. Okay. <laughs> now that you gave me permission, what are some other things that you're personally, you mentioned Anaconda. Um, what are things that you're interested in personally as far as keeping reptiles? Oh, man. Uh learning man i mean get some really cool uh, uh species and, and learn about them you know like when i got uh, george my monkey tail uh he was sent to me and i was like you know it's like it's like a whole new experience because he was wild caught and so he had a huge attitude problem he would bite everything that came near him i mean he was he was hell on wheels and now he does shows and kids pet him and touch him and and so learn about the animals, learning what they can do, and, and just kind of figure out how you can work them uh, to make them kind of accept their new reality, right? Their new job uh, is a pretty amazing thing. And do you feel like that's more pliable with, say, lizards? Or could you always bring up lizards on how you like you like what your lizards do or whatever? Do you find that there's more between the eyes on them and they're more pliable and fun to work with? So, you know, it's funny because... I, I've been sent animals from like Bill Stewart and Erica Mead uh, from Friends of Scales Rescue and and because uh, they, they have animals that might have a bit of an attitude problem. They send them to me to work with them and calm them down. Um, and I've really done both snakes and lizards uh, where I've been able to pretty much calm them down fairly quickly and use them in shows. 
uh, you know, I have a Nile monitor. His name is Wilbur. And uh, he was just, he was, he was, yeah, man, he was just not the friendliest uh, Nile monitor you'll ever see. I work with him now and he'll start doing shows here in a couple months. Um, because it, it's really about what you put into them. And that goes for snakes and lizards. Mm-hmm. So nine. So you'll put that much time into an animal. How do you, do you like carve out a certain amount of time during the day to work with animals from when you're at shows or like when you come back from shows? So, so what we do is, is when I, when I come home from shows, um, I'll put animals away and then it's family time and I'm with my family until, you know, my kids go to bed and then my wife will go to bed. Then at 10 o'clock, I start working the animals. So 10 PM from on whenever I'm done, I work with the animals, feed the animals, clean the animals. Uh, then I go to bed, wake up and do it all over again. Gotcha. Now the, the chat wants to know, uh, you haven't mentioned turtles or tortoises. Do you work with turtles or tortoises? I do. I have cicadas. I have leopards, California desert tortoises. Uh, they're, you know, uh, I have a, a Gulf coast box turtle, Russian tortoises. Um, I don't use turtles, you know, what full on water turtles on my shows just cause it's a little more difficult to, you know, lug those guys around. Tortoises are easy. The only problem I have with tortoises is every time I get them in the car, start driving, something happens and they go to the bathroom all over the place. Uh, and then like my whole car smells like it just got ran through a zoo. Um, so that's a little rough, but, uh, yeah, we, we deal with cicadas and stuff like that for shows. You in Bakersfield, do you have weather nice enough to where part of the year, uh, the animals are outside as far as, uh, tortoises and my, my, iguana yeah, and stuff oh, like yeah. that? My, my cicadas and my leopards, uh, and my desert tortoises, they're outside year round, okay. no matter what. Uh, I'll flip the water on for them if it gets hot, spray them down, let them soak and, get a mud bath. Uh, but yeah, I haven't had any problems with them outside. Do you feel like that's the best way to keep them? Uh, if, if your climate allows it. Oh yeah. You know, cause they, they get like a whole new sense of, of what's around them, uh, sights and smells and stuff like that. And, and they become a little actually calmer, I think, because they realize they're not being attacked or being eaten by anything. Even though they see birds flying above and stuff like that, so that's true. I guess just that exposure. Um, some more comments or questions from the chat. Darren Watson asked if you belong to any Facebook groups, and do your views on tubs cause tension? <laughs> I, I I'm on a couple of groups. I've gotten away from a lot of them because it's a lot of bitching, you know, and it's gotten to the point where it's like. You know, somebody says one thing, you know, I feed my ball python mice instead of rats. People freak out, you know, or, or you know, um, so I, I don't really post a lot in groups. I rarely post at all in groups. Um, my views on tubs, it's my views, man. I, I don't, I don't hate people or, you know, I don't, I'm not going to bash people uh, for using racks. I don't care, man. If that works and that makes you happy and, and your animals are healthy, dude, go for it. It's not my style, right? And and 
we should all be okay with that. Uh, I'm not going to bag. I have a rack, right? It works. It, it does what it's supposed to do for me. It makes my job easier for those particular snakes, right? Uh, it's not for the snake. It's for me. Um, so, but yeah, I, you know, people know I'm not a big, you know, tub kind of guy, but it's all good, right? We can all get along, hold hands, sing kumbaya, all that kind of stuff, and, and disagree, so... Yeah, I think that's an issue. People don't like disagreeing when really, like, come on. Of course, people are going to disagree. It doesn't mean that they're bad people or ill-intentioned. It's right. I think it's hard in the snake community because it's well, a it's animals. a lot right. It's yeah. it's it's not just like how we feel. It's like how we are affecting this animal, and it. Yeah, I think people get so passionate about it which in one moment like cool like i'm so glad you love this animal because so many people in this world don't and i'm so glad you care and you're so interested in it but then there's the flip side that you care so much that you only view one way as the right well instead of celebrating the fact that we have this in common that not any not many other people have in common we decide to pick apart the little parts that we don't like about each other Right. And, and, and that's really the problem, not only with the reptile hobby, but with this country. You know, I mean, I mean, people believe different things. And it's like, you believe this, you're automatically a bad person. You know, you're an evil person. And it's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Uh, and even outside of this country, it's interesting. Just through well, yeah. this podcast, I've learned that whole countries are all about bioact like it's a whole country yeah like, like europe is different like, from the uk right, like, that's different from not the just like a city or state or small group of people are about this one way of keeping it. like a whole country is like oh no you got to keep this way i'm like what well, you know what? I, I find i find the bioactive thing interesting i i think the bioactive part of keeping it is interesting it's something to learn it, it's it's kind of cool man i mean you use these little isopods and everything works together so it's really kind of a cool thing um so i mean things like that to be able to learn more and try man uh, to me that's what makes it fun is trying new things and keeping things a new way you know not everything has to be you know like it was 10 15 years ago man if it works for your animal i mean that's like tight part feeding dog food to tegus you know everybody said that was crazy but that's like their main food is what they get uh, at his place. That's what my aunt, my tegus get. They love it, and they're healthy. Uh, so I, you know, it, it's there, there's there's different ways to do things, and we just all need to accept it and move on, and and encourage one another, and and, and have some fun, man. Yeah, I think that it, it's just why did we do this? I, why do we keep all these animals to have fun and to appreciate them? Why do we sp- we spend time, you know, getting caught up in these groups that we agree with or disagree with? But and I'm always on the front of if you wow, this is totally going past snakes. But if you are in a group that is already a minority. Don't separate yourself anymore. That's right. always been that's my We're that's, much stronger that's my thing separate. on all fronts. Because I'm in a minority in so many different ways. Like if the rest of the world is already against us, why are we gonna break ourselves apart into smaller groups? Like that's not gonna help our fight. That's not gonna help any no matter what we're talking about, don't separate yourself anymore. 
Well, you know, like, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I especially reptile people I hear, I, a lot of posts that people say, oh, I hate humans, humans suck. You know, this, <laughs> what? And, no, yeah, that happens know. a lot. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? And, and that stuff drives me nuts because I love people now. And this that was me. 20 years ago. I like that you I said now. <laughs> like, you no, didn't. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't, you know, I didn't like, I love people, man. I love talking to people. There's so many amazing people out there. Uh, and even as part of the reptile community, it's like, we want to cut those people out and say, no, they're, they're bad or, you know, whatever their views are different. No, man, I invite them. You know, they're, they're my brothers or my sisters. We have fun. Uh, love one another, man. Have some, you know, there, there's not enough love, man. Uh, have, you know, go give someone a hug, man. It, it's a it's a cool thing, man. Even ball python breeders, give them a hug, right? Uh, show, them, show them some love. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, and I don't I don't dislike ball python breeders, if anyone I dislike that. ball pythons. I don't dislike <laughs> ball python breeders. But oh, really, I don't yeah. dislike di- ball pythons. I just don't think that they're the I best. Dislike ball and pythons. as a corn snake person, it's <laughs> I... my duty to make people think that corn snakes don't suck when everyone thinks corn snakes suck and everyone thinks ball pythons are cool. And as a person so. who has an opinion ball python suck <laughs> <laughs> but i well, love I think every kid first snake to be a retake so <laughs> we all have opinions and they all yeah, suck a but then there. there's uh, like he said earlier there's sucky people in every hobby and there's great people in every hobby and even within snakes there's sucky people within each species and there's great people and how many people have we species. had on the podcast and how many shitty people have we encountered zero zero like everyone who's been willing to what so were you guys like looking at me when you said it like a shitty guest or what <laughs> no 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 we said zero shitty guests oh okay good all right yeah no no i was just saying out of all the people you would think that we would encounter someone that so, like we really don't like or like really did. pissed us off by the end of it but that Nothing. hasn't happened yet well, it's not over yet. There's still time. <laughs> but I think it also has something to say with getting, you know, eye to eye talking to someone, you know, right across from you. Also, we Good have right. to caveat, we selectively choose who we ask to oh, be course. on the it's podcast. Fuck, right? It's very biased. Right, right, right. <laughs> so we can't really <laughs> say much. Yeah. Well, we got to do <laughs> That's true. But I mean, it's still is true. There's people who keep way different stuff than us and keep very different than us. And people who probably would like shit on us for our ambient keeping. But again, no one's like vehemently come after us and we haven't totally gone after any, you know, we've never Unless like... you take YouTube comments to heart. Okay. In the <laughs> podcast comment or in the yeah, podcast, yeah. no guest has like attacked us for you know the way we keep and we haven't attacked anyone yeah i don't think well corn snake breeders <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i think the problem is i don't think anyone's uh intimidated by us or we have anything that other anyone else wants i think it's different when uh there's money injected into it which there's clearly not any corn snakes so i don't know Maybe awesome so when, when should i be expecting a box I am oh, willing. She, she didn't hear that, right? I mean, no, I was about to say, hey, 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 listen. I am willing 
to do that because i think it's for a greater good i I think you trading for some house snakes that we don't fucking need is not for the greater good (laughs) but house snakes he all of a sudden literally on like saturday he watched like 10 videos of house snakes in a row and like just like went so balls deep on them and was already setting up a trade 2011 yeah like he goes so intense so quickly like no, let's not do that's not part of our project. But <laughs> educating people and sending one out, I would not have a problem. Well, with that. what I would want to do, and I'm saying this over air, which I probably shouldn't say, but I would like to breed my palmettos next year. If I get a bug eyed animal, I do not want to put those out to market. So it's a perfectly right. fine animal, but it's gonna have enlarged eyes, approximately ten percent of the palmettos oh, yeah. have that. so i would like to send you a palmetto if i make one so that we can make it a really fucking badass snake that i send you oh yeah that'd be amazing and i don't know are you are you familiar with palmettos yeah yeah they're, they're freaking gorgeous yeah so i feel like um, that's i've always like... wanted one but uh, i've always wanted one but damn man that price tag yeah uh, yeah, they're going down. By the <laughs> well, time we make is, them, the they are not going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but I would like to because I don't want to put those in the market and crash whatever and think that right. make breeders think that's okay to breed. I need an outlet for those. So that would be a good outlet. Just thinking out loud, people. But yeah. 365 days from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or I can give you some in the meantime. They're corn snakes. You can house them somewhere, right? Excellent. That's not anyway. Oh, damn it. We're totally over time, but I have one last question. Go for it. One last question. Okay. Do you think your career path, your profession is for every snake breeder? No. Because I I think that some are so self involved and so insecure, they feel like they got to be the center of attention. And that leads to trouble. That leads to someone getting bit because they're willing to take more chances. Um, I'm okay not being the most popular kid in class. Uh, I'm okay, you know, maybe not having a million followers or, you know, whatever. Uh, because I'd rather do things the right way and be responsible. Uh, so it's not for everybody. And I think if you're going to do it, do it right. Spend time to learn your animals. Don't buy a, a snake on Tuesday and use it Wednesday. You know, you got to think for the future, um, but you got to use your head. And uh, people have it, people don't have it. Some people get it, some people don't. Um, but it's really about being responsible and keeping your animal safe, keeping your audience safe. Well, I think you got it. <laughs> and, and I think you have made such a respectable business and community in California that extends way past California. And I think you're doing something that all of the people in the snake community should look to and respect and learn from. Well, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate that. And it's, it's one of those deals where, you know, I, I, I hope that I inspire people. I hope that I get people excited, uh, not only at my shows, but other people in the hobby. You know, I, I hope they can look at me and say, you know what? That guy makes me, you know, just excited to do what I do. Um, I, I, I want to inspire people. 
I want people to get excited and, and want to learn and, and educate. So. Yeah, I think that's so important because if someone asked me if I didn't know that you existed and someone asked me, hey, I'm going to make a business where I full time run around and do shows. Does this seem reasonable? Is there anyone who does it like I didn't even know it was possible to do for a living. So like someone can be yeah, out there right know. now, have this idea <laughs> and then just be like, oh, shit, it's actually possible and go do it if you work hard and you do the right thing you can do it for a living. So I think that that's... And, and, you, and you don't have to be dramatic and you don't have to be a smart ass. You don't have to, you know, do crazy stunts. Uh, you just gotta, you gotta be understanding. You have to have patience and you, you gotta have, you gotta have a love for humans, right? I mean, because that's what you deal with. Um, you gotta have that passion. And if you have that, man... You're good. You can do it. Yeah, I think it's important to bridge that gap between animal and human because a lot of us can't play both of those roles, probably me included. But Brandon, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, If people want to get in touch with you, where can they reach you? Um, So my name is Brandon Fowler. You can find me on Facebook, Um, Roaming Reptiles CA. Instagram, Roman Reptiles. I have a Twitter that I never use because I'm not very good at twitting. Uh, <laughs> twitting. So, I like that. Uh, a lot of Facebook stuff is what I do. And, and uh, so, yeah, send me a friend request. You'll see some, you know, interesting stuff. Uh, a lot of reptile education, uh, funny little pictures of my kids, you know, so it's all good. Awesome. What do you have? Um, well, I just want to thank you again. This is a show like we've never had. And I think it was super interesting to hear the ins and outs of your business. Um, yeah. Also, I say this to everyone, which I feel like just becoming a robot now. If robot. we ever make it out to California, <laughs> we hope to come see you and meet you in person and everything. We've had like mm, the past five shows have been California people. So I've really been saying this a lot. Well, I guess y'all need to come out here and just make a tour, right? And, uh, Clearly, we need to take like two weeks, which come, will never happen. You guys can come do, do, do some of the shows. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's such a big state with multiple different scenes with multiple shows going on. There's and... just so much. There's so much. But yeah, we definitely want to come out there and meet all the people. Um, but to our listeners, if you are listening, obviously, you know, we have Port C Pythons on YouTube. If you want to find us otherwise, catch us on Instagram at Port C Pythons on the website, portcitypythons.com. This will be on SoundCloud if you want to hear the audio version and share it to your friends. And people are still talking about pineapple in the chat. So, oh, yeah. They said it's you got to stop that like pineapple. That. How do I get in this chat? I'm going to strain some people out then. <laughs> <laughs> so, the chat, it used to go away after the live stream ended, but now it stays up. So, if you go after this is over, go to our channel and click this little uh, link, whatever. You should have warned the chat. Should have warned the chat. I've been saying it the past couple days or yeah. past couple podcasts that it's up now. <laughs> um, I only I I can hide it though. I have I have hid some chats that have gotten a little too crazy. 
that I don't want the rest of the world to see, but this one is pretty normal. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you just People go about pineapple. <laughs> Besides Todd hitting on the two of us. I think and you, right. Brandon. <laughs> no, yeah, that's what I meant. The two oh. of us. Not you, weirdo. Who loved you? Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. You and Brandon right. only track with people <laughs> in this podcast. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you go listen to or go click the YouTube later after it's like processing everything, you'll be able to see the chat and all that. All right. Um, um, <laughs> animalsavailable, or just say whatever. Uh, someone called you hot. Are you happy about that now? Oh, you got your pump up. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening we will be back next week with someone we shall not mention because if we mention them they will not come to the show also neither of us know uh, who it is remember, so. but it's on the calendar I swear there will be yeah, someone yeah okay right, see thank you, you guys